Hello and welcome to a fresh new episode of the Wildcat Offense, hosted by yours truly, Wes Ibarra of Offsea Sport. I want to thank each and every one of you for the likes, the ratings, the reviews, the listens. It means so much to me and it keeps me motivated to keep making podcast content like this for you all. I can be found on most podcast platforms like Apple, Spotify, and Amazon Music. Offsea Sport is spelled O-F-F-C-I-E-S-P-O-R-T. I also want to thank you for joining me on your Monday night. Uh, we are celebrating Victory Monday. That's right. The Cats are coming off a 76-72 win over Indiana. Um, Cats improved to 18-8, and while Hoosiers fall to 14-11. and um, Really big win. Really big win coming off the uh, really bad loss uh, to Rutgers. Of course, uh, having two games on the road. Two games in really tough environments is really, really tough. Um, and, you know, it's really good because kind of like I said in the preview show, Indiana is a team that's always going to be historically good, even though their record this year doesn't necessarily imply that. Um, much like Rutgers, they are a team that is better than their record suggests. And for the most part, they played like that. I mean... Sure, the Cats had an eight-point um, advantage going into the half, but the Hoosiers actually won the second half, 46-42. to 42. And actually, the last, really, five minutes of the game, I would say were pretty much bedlam, right? Because it felt like one of those games where if you felt that Northwestern had control, Indiana was always going to find a way to fight back. And the last... I want to say two minutes, those got really, really weird because it seems like every time Northwestern was sent to the line to ice the game, it sounded like it was as good as gold, right? Guys made their free throws like Langborg and Boo Booey, even though Boo missed a couple down the line. Um, but it would be a gap to where it would be a two-possession game. And then next thing you know, Indiana scores to cut the lead down to two or three points right and of course you know part of it it makes sense you you don't want to play too tight um but then again it kind of felt like the cats defense towards those last two minutes was very very porous and sure you don't want to foul you don't want to do stupid little things right but man i, I think also just part that indiana just got a little lucky and for whatever reason, they got so close. And of course, because, you know, they didn't have any fouls to give and given the time, they had no other choice but to foul Northwestern. Should Northwestern inbound the ball uh, correctly, and in which they did just about every time those uh, scoring threats happened. But, you know, really, really good game throughout. Uh, and uh, that Indiana team... They might have a bit of a down year this year, but, you know, Mike Woodson obviously knows what he's doing, right? Former NBA coach turned coach at Indiana, his alma mater, and he had a really good team last year. I mean, people forget that Northwestern beat them twice last year, and both times Indiana was ranked in those games, and Northwestern wasn't. Now, this year, neither team was ranked, but you could still see shades of that 
really good team from the year before. And for both, really. And, of course, Northwestern's on the upswing right now. So, of course, uh, Northwestern really just caught Indiana at a really good time in their current state of their programs. But I will say um, Northwestern, for the most part, really, really had a good performance. Um, and that was backed by Ryan Langborg with 26 points. He went 7 for 15 from the field, 4 for 7 from 3, 8 for 8 from the line. So he was okay. He played very small minutes uh, the game before, but he managed to pull in um, 40 minutes this game. He didn't really take a break, which is kind of amazing to me. Um, and, you know, with other guys needing to step up on the bench, that didn't really, well, it kind of did happen, but didn't happen at the same time. And I'll explain that in a little bit. But that was his game. I mean, 26 points, 4 for 7 from 3, 8 for 8 from the field. He also led the way with assists, 6 assists to go with 0 turnovers. So for a guy that is leading the categories for that one game that usually our fearless leader Boo Booey leads in, I mean, that's good. That's good. I mean, it, it's worth, he's already worth the the investment, right? He is a fifth-year player, right? So we probably won't get any more seasons of Ryan Langborg after this. But, man, I mean, that, that guy is a godsend for that team. And we're so lucky to have someone like Ryan Langborg on this team. Another thing I want to highlight, too, just by looking at my um, summary sheet, Matthew Nicholson. 16 rebounds on the game. Nine on the defensive side, seven on the offensive side with two blocks. I mean, he had himself a game. I mean, he's the one guy that you tend to kind of forget out there when uh, when you see that starting five, mainly because, you know, his main purpose is really just to rebound. He doesn't really score that much. But, shoot, the guy had a near 20-rebound game. Had two steals, two blocks. Sure, he had foul trouble with four fouls, but the guy also went seven for nine from the field and had 14 points. So what better way to have a really good day than to have it at a historic venue against a ruckus crowd and against a really good team with really good bigs. So shout out to Matthew Nicholson there. 14 points, again, 14 points, 16 rebounds, 1 assist, 2 steals, 2 blocks. Um, I do also want to shout out Nick Martinelli. I did say in uh, the last show that one of the keys to the game is for him to step up. So he did struggle from 3, going 1 for 5. But the guy went 4 for 13 from the field, which is eh. But hey, you know, he's still getting his feet wet with the starting rotation. 38 minutes. Logged in 13 points, went 4 for 5 from the line with 13 rebounds. So he had a Brooks Barnheiser-esque performance in a good way, of course, because the guy got a double-double with uh, nothing else, one assist. And so he's been really stepping up, uh, at least for that game. because, And that's one of the things I expected him to do with Ty Berry being out for a season with a torn meniscus. He is the answer because he is the closest thing to Ty Berry's play style right and you know sure there's only a handful of games left but you know the team needs him now more than ever so 
games like this should build his confidence and allow him to be a part of a group that can um, put in double figures night in and night out. Um, speaking of Brooks Barnheiser, quiet day at the office for him. Eight points in 24 minutes of play. Two for nine from the field, one for three from three. Did okay at the line, three for four, but only three rebounds, one assist, two turnovers. So no double-double for him, but very close to a double-figure game. So remember how I said how if you can have a starting lineup's worth of guys in double figures, you're more li than likely to win the game? Well, Northwestern had four guys, almost five do it. So that's kind of correlating right now. Um and of course, our fearless leader, Boo Booey, 28 minutes, 14 points, 3 for 14 from the field, 2 for 6 from 3, 6 for 8 from the line, uh, 2 rebounds, 3 assists, and only 1 turnover. So, a bit of a shaky game for Boo Booey. He had a really rough first half, but really did turn it up in the second half, making a couple big shots down the line, especially from 3. Um... Of course, we're all very used to his super fast Steph Curry-esque <laughs> gameplay at this point. Um, in a way, it also does kind of not remind me of Nate Robinson, minus the dunking, of course. But, you know, very shifty, very quick, um, likes to shoot the ball. And he did not break the record. So in the last show, I mentioned that he needed 18 points to tie John Sherna for uh, the all-time record for um, Northwestern basketball players. He had 14, so he's four points away. Uh, but th this was already a big week for him because he already eclipsed 2,000 career points. Um, but in a way, though, he showed up when he was needed, and now he has a real golden opportunity. Of course, you know, when you earn it on a historical college basketball ground, that's kind of immaculate in a way, for lack of a better term, right? Because long after Boo Booey stops playing basketball, he can be like, yeah, I broke Northwestern's record or tied it in Indiana, which is one of the most beautiful, most historic, most recognizable courts in all of college basketball. But hey, to do it at home, I think, is just that much sweeter, right? Because you have your fans. You have the floor that was introduced to you when you got recruited. You got the floor that you played on for your whole college career, especially when, you know, times were tough, right? And now that you're winning, you're the leader of the team, and, you know, you have a chance to break another record, that is the perfect place to do it. So, sure, he didn't get the record, but, hey, 14 points, that's still quite a lot. That's still a pretty huge contribution uh, for him, our fearless leader. As far as bench production goes, of course, guys are going to get more playing time like Smith and Mullins and Hunger. Uh, Smith had one point in 12 minutes. Uh, Mullins had 18 minutes, but zero points. And Blake Preston had only one minute, zero points. And Hunger had seven minutes, zero points. So uh, not really much bench, not really much of a bench production there. And I mentioned before that depth will play a huge role down the season, especially now that one guy is down for the Cats. Uh, and now that Nick Martinelli's in the starting lineup, there needs to be that sixth man for that team. Th that didn't really happen the other day, but hopefully as, again, 
time goes on with the remaining games left in the regular season as well as the conference tournament and hopefully the ncaa tournament i, I even though i don't really see this team not making it you know you're gonna need guys like those guys to step up because it's their time you know they're gonna have more playing time more chances to come off and contribute looking at indiana uh khalil ware was the leader there 22 points 10 for 14 from the field 0 for 1 from 3 2 for 5 from the line with 16 rebounds the guy was gee like the guy was on another level right and if you thought matthew nicholson's game was really good man this was really good too and you know i it's really worth the investment for them too because he's a transfer from a different school too so he went to oregon and now he's at indiana and yeah he's been really he's been showing why he's been a really really good pickup for them uh mcbaco had 20 points 6 for 11 from the field 3 for 6 from 3 5 for 8 from the line and 35 minutes of play with four rebounds renault fouled out with uh nine points and five rebounds with four turnovers uh Cups had eight points. Galloway, Trey Galloway had seven points, but 12 assists. So really good um, game from him finding his teammates. And much like Northwestern, uh, there was not much bench production. Walker, two points in eight minutes. Sparks, two points in eight, four minutes. Gunn, two points in nine minutes. And Leal, zero points in 12 minutes. So starter heavy game but of course the cats had a little bit more to give uh, than indiana in this game and really it also brought down to the team stats as well um and also kind of like the bread and butter so and what i mean by that is just by going down the line here uh indiana shot the ball better 50.9 percent to the cats 35.4 uh Cats shot better from three, 34.8 to 33.3. Cats were better from the free throw line, 78.6% to 57.1% from Indiana. Yeah, they were very, very bad from the line. And that is obviously good for us because, again, it's free points. Luckily, the Cats took advantage of their opportunities, going 22 of 28. Um, we all know that, you know, Ware isn't a really good free throw shooter. And, yeah, he seemed to struggle uh from the line um in this game so shooting 67.3 percent from the year so he he seemed to struggle quite a lot uh if we go back to the stats here for indiana right um galloway also struggled as well going two for four and the only really consistent free throw shooter was mbako going five for eight and so that's not even good either because that's just a little bit above 50 percent so really really good um good luck for the cats there that uh indiana did not really take advantage of their opportunities from the line indiana had more assists 19 to 14 um big chunk of those going to galloway tied on rebounds 36 though the cats had more offensive rebounds and that's kind of what helped them fuel their scoring in the first half you know they were able to get the ball back and like i said in previous episodes when you can do that right um it means that you're giving your offense another chance to reset find another hole in the defense and possibly score um the defense speaking of defense northwestern's defense was just on its tear 
five steals to one. Uh, Indiana had more blocks, but look at this. Northwestern only had three turnovers this game, while Indiana had 11. So again, Cats did a great job of taking care of the basketball while taking away the basketball from the Hoosiers. And, you know, that's been their bread and butter all year. Good defense, controlled offense, and that's what seemed to really, really come up uh, in this game for them. So, really, another good structural masterclass, if you will, from the Cats. Um, and it's a really good win because, like I keep saying, you're now playing for better seating. You're now playing for a better resume. So that way, come Selection Sunday, the Cats can get that better seating because they were a seven seed last year. It would be nice if they could get a six or a five or even a four. I mean, even if they got a lower seed than they did uh, last year, it's not the worst thing. But, of course, we want to show that this team is better than last year's team. And I, I kind of believe that, actually, that this year's team is better uh, just because of uh, the cohesiveness, the experience that Coach Collins was able to bring in while forming with what he already had. Um, but, yeah, you know, let me know what you think. Do you think that this is going to be the win that defines the final four or five games of the season? Or is there still more work to be done? um you know let me know so we'll sign off here um hopefully you enjoyed tonight's show again thank you all for joining me tonight on your monday nights uh, hopefully you had a really good monday you know it's really tough to get back into the swing of things after a really good weekend or actually if you had the day off good on you um you know, it's President's Day. Hope you took advantage of any sales that went on. Or if you just spent the whole day celebrating a Victory Monday, I wouldn't be upset with you either which way. Um, we'll be back on Wednesday to preview the Thursday matchup that is against Michigan. That is a home game. Um, and we'll be right here to talk about it all. Hopefully, Boo Booey can break the record then. Um, share the podcast with friends, family, colleagues, anyone who is down to join the Sports Talk conversation. I can be found on most podcast platforms like Apple, Spotify, and Amazon Music. Offsea Sports spelled O-F-F-C-I-E-S-P-O-R-T. There you can find the previous episodes of the Wildcat Offense as well as Greatness spelled G-R number 8 N-S-S, which is my first project to the uh, podcast channel here. Uh, and if you enjoy that, I appreciate that, honestly. Uh, I will see you on Thursday, and go Cats!